What separates an artist from a true artist? I believe there are three things that separates an artist from a true artist or a true artist from an artist. Um, a true artist is someone who creates with intention and purpose from the depth within their soul, their heart. A true artist acknowledges that being an artist is a lifestyle and not just a hobby. They actively seek out to develop, hone, and understand their craft. And lastly, a true artist respects their craft. So let's start with number one. A true artist creates with a sense of purpose from the depth within. This doesn't mean that every piece they create has a theme or a message behind it, nor does it mean that every piece they create serves an uh, emotional, spiritual, or metaphysical purpose. What it does mean is that the artist is willing to take aspects of themselves, their wounds, their thoughts and perspectives, their strengths and weaknesses, and showcase that within their work. There's a sense of intention behind it. Uh, an artist opens themselves up and allows themselves to express in a very open, raw, and vulnerable way. It takes a certain level of vulnerability and courage to be a true artist. A true artist can't hide behind excuses or downplay their work because they know by doing so, they're downplaying themselves. It takes an extreme amount of courage to create something from the depth of your heart and to showcase that to the world unapologetically. It is this vulnerability that people resonate with and connect with and it's what makes an artist's work impactful, effective. Many of us artists are too scared to take that risk. I know sometimes, you know, I can entertain those fearful thoughts as well. It's way easier to recreate a story, recite someone else's poem, or do a cover song than it is to showcase who you are, how you feel, and what you think through your own work. It is that fear of judgment and criticism that keeps us from creating work that is truly groundbreaking, beautiful, innovative, and unique. That same fear of judgment and criticism keeps us creating surface level work. Now, I define surface level work as being work that is safe, uh, work that you don't need to put any of yourself into, uh, work that doesn't challenge you. For example, I have a friend at work who is an amazing singer. I mean, she's she's really good. Uh, sometimes I have to stop her from singing because uh, just hearing her singing, it it pulls on my heartstrings a little. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to describe. Um, anyway, she's a wonderful singer and she chooses to sing mostly covers. I don't hate on her for doing so or tell her she's not a real artist, but one day she tells me that she wrote a song for her aunt or grandmother uh, i forgot which one exactly um uh, who meant a lot to her and had a very big impact on her life 
but had recently passed away she she wanted to sing me the song but when she tried it was really difficult for her to get it out you know she was shaky she was nervous it was almost like she was giving a presentation in front of a class um she admitted she was nervous because it was the first song she had ever written and it meant a lot to her because of her relationship to her aunt or grandmother um to this day she still hasn't shown me that song um but she has started writing her own music and i'm very proud of her for for doing so i could understand the difficulty in writing your first song it being so meaningful to you and struggling to share that with someone or share that with an audience i understand that completely it's hard from going it's hard to go from creating what is mostly universally accepted work like covers um to showing your deepest vulnerable feelings about losing a loved one it is much easier to sing a party song or a song about a lover or a song about drugs i'd even go so far as to say it's more difficult when you're a beginner artist because people may not be used to the levels of vulnerability that you're showcasing through your work they may never have seen these aspects of you which may only increase your levels of fear, judgment and criticism the truth is that at the beginning being vulnerable in your work may be very difficult um for me i've written many songs that i'm still nervous to share in front of a crowd or even in front of trusted friends like even this uh podcast is it's a little vulnerable it's a it's a little vulnerable man you know sharing my deepest thoughts on uh creativity it's not a uh, it's not too easy um but in order to make authentic work that deeply resonates with people you do have to push through the fear of judgment and criticism you have to push through the fear of being vulnerable and allowing people to see who you are here are some of my tips to confront and overcome that fear of vulnerability number 1 create work for yourself who do you create for who is the audience for this piece whose opinion matters most to you when you create something these are valid questions that we must ask ourselves constantly as artists it is easy to get lost in the chasing of approval from others uh it's easy to get lost chasing money and fame and recognition we must continually reset and ground ourselves and ask why am i doing this why am i creating this piece what is making me create this piece you have to find your why my why is creating for myself i create simply because i like to money fame and recognition are are the means or yeah there are the means but not the ends i think i hope i'm saying that right um my journey is to explore and express my creativity and whatever comes with that is whatever comes with that if the money comes with that then it comes with it if me being famous comes with that it comes with it if me being recognized for my work comes with that it comes with it i know those things will happen as long as i focus on creating and keeping my intentions pure um but those aren't things that 
I am chasing while I'm creating. Create for yourself. Even if you're doing a commission, create for yourself. By creating for yourself, you don't have to worry about what other people care about or think about your work because it's not for them. If they like it, fine. If they don't, fine. But you're doing it for you. If you're doing a piece for someone, find what speaks to you about that piece. Try to have your own connection to the work that you're doing for another. And I guarantee you, if you're able to make that personal connection to your work, even when it's for someone else, your work will come out better. Uh, there won't be a gap between your work, the work you do for yourself, and the work that you do for others. It'll be the same. Um, by creating for yourself, you'll be less focused on how people perceive you and your work. And it's, it's not an easy thing to do, especially initially if you're so used to creating for the approval of others or uh, caring a lot about other people's opinions. Um, it's a practice. This is all a practice. Creating for yourself is an intention and it's a practice. It's something that you have to continually keep in mind and continually do until it becomes second nature. So create for yourself. Start by creating for yourself. Number two, practice living authentically. Practice being authentic by allowing yourself to be vulnerable and honest with yourself first. This goes hand in hand with creating for yourself. Practicing and being authentic with yourself first will develop the habit of authenticity, making it easier to be authentic around others. It won't feel like a, you trying to be, it will be more of a you are feeling. Um, you won't feel like you're putting on a mask or you're not being who you really are or that you're faking it or you have a facade up. It'll be more of a feeling of you being grounded and knowing who you are. You'll feel real, it'll feel real to you. Uh, what does practicing authenticity with yourself first look like? It looks like practicing being your true self when nobody is around. If you want to wear wear that pink scandalous dress, but you're scared of how people are gonna look at you and judge you, wear it around your house or just wear it in your room. Uh, wear it for yourself first. Wear it in the comfort of your own privacy. If you wanna start working out, but you don't want the feeling of people looking at you when you're at the gym, start working out at home first. Start working out in your room. If you are scared to sing in front of others, start singing to yourself or start singing to uh, a stuffed animal that you have in the room or an imaginary an imaginary crowd it's all about starting a practice in this case you know wearing a dress working out or singing in the comfort of your own privacy and the more that you practice and you do these things the more comfortable you will be in front of others because you'll be so grounded in the practice itself that your mind will be more focused on what you're doing rather than 
how people are interpreting you. You may not even think twice about what people think after you started to practice on your own and really become grounded in that practice. For example, I wasn't always comfortable with painting my nails, wearing certain clothes, or even listening to some of the music that I listen to now. Um, I'll be honest, I feared the reaction of my family, friends, and society. I, I knew I wasn't like everybody else, and that I was making choices that people may make fun of, clown, or disrespect. Um, and the more I started making these decisions for myself, the more I started painting my nails for me or listening to music because I liked it, um, the less I thought about these decisions when I was around people. It was second nature. Uh, I'm at a point now where I don't even think about some of these things unless someone points them out. I don't even think about you know, what color my nails are or the fact that they're painted unless someone says, oh, you paint your nails, or oh, I like, uh, I like your nail color, or oh, I like the, the, the long earrings that you're wearing. I don't, I don't even think about it until someone points it out to me. I'm so grounded in the practice. I'm so, uh, it's so, it's so much second nature to me that it's not even a thought in my consciousness. It's, I don't even realize it. And we have to realize that it's completely normal to care what people think. Even today, I still care what people think. That type of stuff doesn't go away. That's just how we're hardwired as, as social human beings. Uh, but what I learned is that you should always prioritize what you think before what others think. And no one teaches us to prioritize what we think and what we feel. And when we start to do that, we almost feel selfish or arrogant. Um, and that's definitely, it's definitely a lie that's told um, by, by society. Because um, you should care about what you think about yourself. And you should care about how you feel. And you should care about the decisions that you make for yourself. Because at the end of the day, you're living your life and nobody else is living it. And if you try to live your life, or if someone else tries to live their life through you, you will always be unsatisfied and you will always be disappointed. If I want to do something, I should be able to do it and not always feel the need to explain why I do it. And the same thing goes for you. If you want to make a decision for yourself, you don't have to explain that to anybody. You doing it for you is enough. By prioritizing what you think, and making decisions more and more for yourself, you'll naturally stop caring what other people think of you and start caring what you think of you. Getting to this level may take isolation. It may take you isolating yourself from friends, from family, from the world. It may take that isolation in order for you to get used to making decisions with only yourself in mind. But once you get to that level, where you're comfortable and confident making decisions for yourself, it'll be way easier for you to embrace who you really are when you're around other people. Number three, keep a journal. Keeping, I swear by keeping a journal, honestly. Um, keeping a private journal will not only allow you 
to get your thoughts and feelings out in a clear way, but it'll also allow you to figure out who you are, what you think, what you feel in a private way. Our lives are constantly filled with so much noise and stimulation that we can really lose touch with who we are deep down. We can lose touch on who we are, what thoughts are really ours, and what feelings are really ours. And journaling helps us to let go of that noise. It helps us to listen for our inner voice. It helps us to let go of everything that is not us and tune into who we really are. It helps us sort out our busy external lives while also making sense of our internal lives. I personally use journaling as a conflict-free way of addressing issues with people. Sometimes I'll just write out the scenario that um, I'm in, the problem that's between me and someone else. I'll, I'll write out the details. I'll write out how I feel about it. I'll write out um, some of my fears or insecurities about the situation. And then I'll go about working through that issue while I'm writing. Um, maybe I have an issue with one of my students and they're not being receptive to direction that I'm giving them. Um, so I'll go into my journal, I'll write the issue down and I'll question myself and ask, what can I do that'll make this situation better? Or how can I adjust my delivery in order to better deliver, the, deliver this message for someone to receive it? Or why do I, you know, wh why may this student not be receptive to this message? What, what, what could be some of the reasons why they wouldn't want to receive this message? Is it because they may be scared? Is it maybe, maybe it's, I'm coming off too strong? Maybe they'll have to address some stuff within themselves and they're not comfortable doing that. Maybe um, they're just so used to the way that they do things that me challenging their perspective or, or you know, challenging them to do something else may be too frightening for them. So I address the issues within my journal and I really flesh it out and try to understand it rather than carry around these problems in my head and try to work it, work it out through my head because that'll lead to stress, you know? Uh, journaling helps you to see your problems clearer. It helps you get a clear mind because you're taking it out of your mind and you're putting it on a piece of paper and you can see it more objectively. You can see it from a different perspective. You can let go of the emotional charge behind it and see it with a clear mind. And sometimes that's all we need. So I use journaling as a way of dealing with my con conflict with people. I use it as a to-do list. If there's a lot of things going on in my head and a lot of things that I need to get to, a lot of responsibilities, then I write down everything that I need to do. And I also question myself on that. Um, do I need to do all these things in a few hours? Do I need to do all of these things in one day? Um, am I just being too hard on myself? Um, what should I focus on first? You know, I uh, really dive deep into 
why I feel a sense of urgency when it comes to completing different tasks so I don't get lost in these tasks. Um, so I use it for addressing conflict, a to-do list, an outlet for expressing gratitude, a form of prayer, uh, therapy, and deep reflection. Journaling is a very powerful tool. I suggest that you use it for your advantage, if not as a form of prayer or therapy, just use it as a form of clearing your head, clearing your mind. Uh, start by just writing what happened in your day, how it made you feel, uh, and then move on, move on from there. Um, I, I hope you're noticing a theme here with with these different practical tips. Uh, do it for yourself. Think of yourself first. Understand and know yourself. Uh, address your thoughts first. It's all about taking the focus from the external world to our inner world because our inner world is where our power truly lies. But for our next tip, we will be focusing on the external. So number one was to create work for yourself. Number two is to practice living authentically. Number three is to keep a journal. And number four is to find a trusted friend or mentor or create a group or environment that you can comfortably share your work. It helps to create the space for vulnerability by being around other like-minded people who understand the importance of creating a safe environment for expression. That's not gonna be everybody. That may not even be your closest friends. Um, I know for me, uh, some of some of my friends I don't feel too comfortable around when it comes to expressing my deepest thoughts, my deepest desires, my deepest emotions and insecurities. Um, and that's okay. Uh, not everybody is going to be that safe haven. It's not important that a certain friend is that safe haven for you. What's more important is that you have it whether that is through them or a different friend or a mentor or a family member or a group. Uh, the relationship could be a friendship, uh, a mentorship. It could be your romantic partner. It, it doesn't matter. It just matters that they are willing to provide a safe, almost sacred space for you to express. That could be creatively, emotionally, spiritually. Now, what that looks like is up to you. Um, I usually confide in a select few. Um, off the top of my head, I feel safe to say that uh, I really open up to my friend Asia. She's, she's a painter, so she can relate to some of the challenges that I face as a creative. She's very understanding, she's driven, and she also holds me accountable. And she wants the best for me, and she knows how to give constructive feedback she does a good job of balancing listening and giving advice and that is very important to me I have plenty of potential friends that I can open up to but I know most won't understand or they won't be able to guide me in a constructive way everybody needs an Asia in their life even if you're introverted everyone needs a trusted friend or colleague 
that they can go to to share their work, their desires, and their feelings without judgment. If you don't have a trusted friend or group to go to, think about starting your own group. If you want to see that change, sometimes you have to be that change. Start a Facebook group or a local group in your city, your town, or church. We live in a world where there are infinite number of forums and groups for everything. A quick search should show you, you know, what groups are available to you and what environments uh, you can put yourself in in order to feel that sense of safety and openness with others. So we just finished some practical tips on vulnerability. Another thing about a true artist is that they acknowledge and understand that being an artist or creative is a lifestyle. Being a true artist is a lifestyle. It is not something you can turn on and off. It is not a hobby. It is not something that you do. It is a way of being. It is who you are. It is a way of being. An artist experiences the world differently than the average person. They see the world differently. They interpret life differently. They have an innate capacity within themselves to perform the strongest act a human being can do, and that is create. They have the power to transmute the lowest of emotions, the lowest of energies, uh, the most tragic of experiences, into some, some of the greatest beauties that we have ever seen. Artistry is a mysterious force, one unlike anything on this planet. It is this power that comes with great responsibility. Shout out to Uncle Ben. It is this gift that an artist must use to paint the world and tell the world's story, express themselves, and inspire others to do the same. It is this gift that must be used and given back. If you have the gift, you must use it. It must be used. And that's why I encourage all of my students to explore their old artistic hobbies, even if it's for the sole purpose of making themselves feel good or relieving stress. Explore and practice your craft because you never know what will come from it. Art has a unique way of serving as a reflection of ourselves and the way we see and experience the world. As you evolve, your work evolves. As your work evolves, you evolve. It's a never-ending cycle that feeds itself. I encourage my students to continue to create through the ups and the downs. I encourage them to implement creating creativity into their daily lives you you have to create time for it whether that's five minutes a day or one hour a week once every two weeks whatever but you need to incorporate it in your life we must accept this aspect of ourselves and incorporate it within our day-to-day -day. i can't express i can't <laughs> i can't express how important that is that we prioritize this 
We must not allow the pressures and responsibility of life be our excuses for not cultivating our creativity. We must make time now, because if not, there will never be time. A true artist accepts this aspect of themselves and they integrate it into their daily lives without making excuses. They simply find a way. It is the lifestyle that they live. They make time to practice their craft because it is their life. There is no duality. There's no sense of separateness from their artistic and creative lives and their reality. It is one. I know what you're thinking. What if I don't have a job that allows me to express my creativity? What if I don't have time to dedicate to cultivating my creativity? What if I lost my sense of creativity? What if I don't know where to start? There are many ways to incorporate creativity in the life you are living right now. You don't need to leave your current life behind. You don't need to quit your job. You don't need to divorce your spouse. The wonderful thing about creativity and being artistic is that you always have access to it. It is always available to use regardless of your living circumstances. There's no such thing as losing your creativity. It's a connection. It is a connection that you either allow or block. It is one that you always have access to. The real work is not working on your craft but working on making yourself more receptive to creative energy and creativity. If you don't know where to start, that's fine. There's value in not knowing. Accept it, embrace it. Most people are lost before they set out on the path. I was definitely lost before I figured out I was creative. Being lost is part of the process. Um, in another video, we will get to different ways where you can practically because I'm big on practicality practically incorporate creativity into your daily schedule number three a true artist respects their craft what do I mean by a true artist respects their craft I mean that they take it seriously Along with embracing artistry as a lifestyle, respecting your craft entails speaking positively about your craft, not comparing yourself with others, and practicing your craft. What you say about your work is a reflection of how you truly feel about it. If you joke around about your work not being good, or you yourself not being good, then that'll reflect in your work. Never speak down on yourself. It's okay to have doubts. It's normal to have doubts. What I'm saying is never purposely talk down on your work. If you don't speak highly of your work, if you don't value your work, if you don't respect your work, why should somebody else? It's perfectly fine to be your biggest fan, to be confident in your work and your abilities, to want recognition, accolades, awards for your work. Don't fall into the trap of thinking because you're confident in yourself, you're confident in your abilities, you're confident in your work, that you're conceited or arrogant. That's a common lie. The truth is, is people will be way more accepting of you talking down on yourself 
than speaking highly of yourself. And that's because most people don't think too highly of themselves. It's the crab in the bucket mentality. They don't want you to rise up. They want you to be down where they're at. If you take anything from this lecture or video, let it be that you are innately valuable. And that is why you exist. Because you are innately valuable, everything you create has value. It may not be perfect. The world may not love it. You may not love it. But it has value. One of the biggest mistakes you can make as an artist is to compare yourself with others. We all do it. I even do it from time to time. It's understandable to compare your skill set, your strengths, your weaknesses, your style to another artist, especially those artists that we look up to. A true artist is one who can see through this. They acknowledge the truth that you are never competing against another. You are only competing against yourself. There is no one else on this planet who has experienced the world or sees the world the way that you do. Isn't that beautiful? Seven be seven billion people on the planet and there's no one exactly like you so why try to be somebody else creatively why do what has already been done why create just to live in someone else's shadow be bold be brave be courageous be original don't waste time comparing yourself to others instead focus that same time on improving your craft you will be better for it and that brings me to the next point. Practice, practice, practice. This one is self-explanatory. Respecting your craft is practicing your craft. Practicing your craft is respecting yourself as an artist. A true artist understands that when it comes to not practicing your craft, there are no excuses. Either you create the time or you don't. No one on this planet can tell me that they don't have at least 20 minutes in a week that they can't dedicate to practicing their craft. 20 minutes? You can't find 20 minutes in seven days? What about if you stop watching Netflix for five hours a day? Or you stop scrolling through social media for three hours a day? What if you woke up 20 minutes earlier? Find a way to make it happen. Because at the end of the day, Nobody's going to create that time for you. For these videos, I sit down and I give myself 20 minutes to write. I don't care how I feel. I can write for 20 minutes. I can write for more than 20 minutes, but not less than 20 minutes. I create that time early in my day because that's what works for me. The key for making long-lasting, effective sustainable change is to make things comfortable and accommodating to your current schedule and responsibilities. In other words, take baby steps because it'll be easier to implement and stick to over time. However you create the time, just make sure it works for you. In conclusion, 
In my opinion, there's quite a bit that separates an artist from a true artist. I only covered three things, but there's a lot more. Um, being a true artist means creating with intention and purpose from the depth within yourself. It means embracing the lifestyle as well as respecting your craft. And even then, if you don't want to dedicate your whole life to being a quote-unquote true artist, you don't have to. It is your choice at the end of the day. There's no judgment on my part. Uh, being a true artist is um, as much about accepting others as it is about accepting yourself. And being a true artist is just a label at the end of the day anyway. If you enjoyed this video and want to see more, please follow, like, and subscribe. Helps me out a ton. Thank you, and I'll see you on the next one.